What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, my friend. It is Friday, and Kirk Cameron joins us. He is actor, producer, all-around good guy. Kirk Cameron is here to talk to us about something that is happening at local libraries tomorrow that I think is very important. We talk to him in 60 seconds. Stand by. Legacy Box. You know all those um, those old VHS tapes that you have? I've got tapes that I don't even know what they are. I really I don't know. It's like, what machine took this? I don't even recognize this tape. But there's memories on those tapes, and they are, they are going to disintegrate over time. They're not meant to, uh, to last more than 10 years, and especially in our garage or our attic, where too many of them are. Digitizing your old media with Legacy Box stops the fading process and the destruction of your history by preserving your recordings so they're safe forever. You know that I collect American history, but American history really, it's, it, it's not proven unless we can show our own American history, how we lived, how we grew up, what things were really like. We have to preserve these things. Be your own family's historian and archivist, will you? This summer's heat will age your videotapes, your film reels, and fade your photos. Visit LegacyBox.com back and shop their $9 tape sale. This is really a big discount. Usually like 27 or 30 bucks. It's now the $9 tape sale happening right now at LegacyBox.com. That's LegacyBox.com slash Beck, and you'll unlock this exclusive author offer. It is LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Kirk. Kirk Cameron is uh, joining us now. Hi, Kirk. How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, appreciate you. And, and thanks for the compliment about all around good guy. But remember, I'm an actor. I could be faking this whole thing. <laughs> I know you well enough to know you are not faking it. Um, but Kirk, what you're doing with libraries, I think, is so important. The the American Library Association, every local library should distance themselves right now. And the people of the community should demand it. Get away from the American Library Association they are they are corrupt and going in the opposite direction that's just my opinion i don't want to make that your opinion well i think your 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 opinion uh, is uh, comporting with truth and reality uh, the director of the ala is a self-described marxist and the, the the lady that we've been tangoing with who's the director of the office of intellectual freedom and diversity is the <laughs> one who has uh-huh. been caught on video teaching librarians how to block American families, specifically families of faith who like me and want to come with their children and read books to their kids tomorrow morning as part of our event uh, called see you at the library. So the ALA uh, is, is really teaching libraries all across the country, how to break the law and engage in open religious discrimination. But as, as you know, uh, th- there's the divine hand of providence behind this whole thing. And the story just gets better and better because mm-hmm. it's only tripling and quadrupling the size of the audience. We now have 300 yeah, public libraries that are signed up for tomorrow. And that's representing 45 states across the country. And they're bringing thousands and tens of thousands of people into the library to read books 
that are about uh, true religion and virtue. These are the indispensable supports of America that will cause Marxism to be a thing of the past if it takes root again. So I, I highly recommend, uh, where can you get that list of what libraries are participating? It, uh, go to bravebooks.com. That's bravebooks.com. Okay. Click on the, the tab called See You at the Library. And there's a map of the United States. You can just zoom in and find your state, your county, your libraries. And um, there's, again, over 300 of them. Uh, I, I can't um, express enough to you, the listener, that please get involved in this. Please go tomorrow and make a uh, statement and an impact. Come in love and peace and unity and harmony, um, but make an impact in your library and then don't let it rest there. Go to your city council, go to your mayor, go to your city leaders and insist that they get out of the American Library Association. There is no reason. It is just as dangerous, if not more so, than the uh, the teachers' uh, uh, unions. They are they have been completely hijacked. No matter what they say, they are Marxist. They are teaching garbage to our children. They do not have the American values that we hold traditionally. I don't want to see any book burnings or anything else. But there is such a thing as appropriate books in appropriate sections. And I'm sorry, but America has always had, and people call us prudes for this. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There used to be beads at the door where you'd have to go in and you'd see things. We don't share those things with our children. We just don't do it. It's not healthy for them. Absolutely agree with you, with with you, Glenn. And it's so interesting. I mean, it's the height of hypocrisy, right? Those who are afraid of book burnings, those who are saying, hey, no, don't ban our books. Don't ban our books. We want to teach children pornographic material and and, and how to have sexual acts with, with one another and change their genders and pronouns and all that. And yet they are the very same people who are wanting to block and deny access to families of faith who Correct. want to talk about faith, hope and love. Uh, but but I, I love the way all of this plays out because it's really firing up the parents and the grandparents. Uh, they're coming out in droves, pastors, uh, state senators like Marco Rubio and Ashcroft and Kramer and others. Uh, state governors are coming and participating, county commissioners, mayors. Uh, we have celebrities coming to read children's books at the libraries. And, you know, I, I want parents to, to understand that there is no more powerful position in the United States than being a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa change does not begin at the white house. It begins at your house. And Glenn, you've been a champion of this for decades. you celebrate freedom events. you celebrate love events. We've got to have a ground game and not be whiners. We've got to become winners by putting feet to our face and our convictions. And that's what this Saturday is all about. And I will tell you showing up is the first step. I'm going to check the uh, map uh, when we uh, finish here, Kirk, and I'm going to see if there's a library near me and I will go uh, myself on Saturday and I'd be more than willing to read one of the books uh, for the kids. But I I will tell you this, that um, it, it is so vital that you get involved and take back your libraries. I mean, I just did a huge fundraiser for a school and a library here in my uh, neighboring town for where my ranch is up in Idaho. And I'm going to ask the uh, 
the uh, library board. Are you members of the American Library Association? If so, why? Yep. Why? That should change. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great question. And, and there are states that have already um, pulled themselves out of the ALA. And I've talked yes. to a governor uh, recently about doing the same thing. Many are, already, are in the process of doing that as well. And when you think about it, how crazy is it that you would block families from coming to your local library? Glenn, we, we have uh, three, I have three libraries I'm going to tomorrow. I'm getting in a plane and I'm going to three libraries in three states in one day. And one of them is in Alabama. Alabama just canceled the event and they cited capacity concerns. Well, listen, we're polite. We stand in yeah. line. First come, first serve. People are happy to stand out in the rain in the parking lot. We've done it many times before. We just sing right. songs like God Bless America and we pray for each other. And they tried to cancel it again, and um, they're, they're, they're not right in doing that. And the crazy thing is, libraries are becoming a bit obsolete and irrelevant to the younger generation with all of the ebooks and online learning options. And so yep. they should be grateful. Yep. They should be embracing this family-friendly movement that's bringing people to their libraries. Instead, they're so, they've drunk the woke Kool-Aid, they're so filled with fear or something that they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. Yeah, I really, um, I don't understand the uh, use of the public funds for libraries um, when you can access every book ever written online. I mean, I like libraries. I think the printed book is very, very important. I uh, happen to agree with uh, Carnegie uh, when Carnegie built libraries all across the country and he he built them in poor cities and he gave them the library of the king what the king had in his library at that time so that way every single american no matter how poor could have the education of a prince or a king mm. and change their mm. status i believe in all of that stuff but i gotta tell you when the library is no longer a place that you can go in and learn and learn how to learn how to ask questions how to compare in contrast to say wait a minute they say this they say this which one is true when it is being guided yeah. down the path of evil and uh and just grotesque ideas like pedophilia uh and and mutilation of our children i'm sorry why am i paying for that i don't believe in it yeah I, I, why am i paying for no. it no Boy, I, I sure agree. And, and, and this really gets us down to our, our, our fundamental ideas about what is good and what is evil, what is light and what is darkness. And when we, uh, when we, when we unhitch ourselves, when, when we disconnect from those transcendent values, those, those heavenly principles that God's given us, uh, we, we just we spiral out of control into uh, a moral swamp and uh, a, a darkness that we... We, we, become, we become so used to it that we think it's normal. And this young generation is growing up that way. They desperately need us to get back in the game and rescue them and bring them back to the, their blessing and their protection. And Glenn, I appreciate you and all that you do uh, and have been doing for decades to, to help us see that. Well, Kirk, I thank you very much as well. And I have, I have to tell you, you have two children's books out as you grow. And this one... I just love, I've wanted to talk to you for a while now and just say, thank you for saying this. Your other book is pride becomes uh, comes before the fall. I have been saying that for a while now where it's like, we, we, we need to be humble. 
and pride. Isn't it interesting yes. that the left is pushing pride when we know that's a deadly sin? We know that's a deadly yeah, sin. What imagine? are we doing? Yeah, you, you, <laughs> we were just listening to that ad on your program here about pride parades. Could you imagine if uh, if we just swapped it out for some of the other deadly sins? And, and we had um, yeah. sloth parades. <laughs> Let's have some greed parades. How about some gluttony parades and some lust and envy parades? And, and yep. pride is the pregnant mother that gives birth to every other form of evil. Pride separates us from each other in marriage, in relationships with our kids. Pride separates us from God. we got to humble ourselves. That's the pathway to blessing and love and Amen. relationship. Kids should know that. Amen. Kirk, it's good to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. It's good to talk to you. And, and I follow what you're doing and I, I salute you. Thank you so much. Well, you as well, Glenn. Thank you. I hope you have a great weekend. And um, everybody, if you get a chance, find a library, go there and join this movement of recapturing the hearts and minds of our kids. God bless you. And it's bravebooks.com, bravebooks.com, where you can find uh, where there is a library near you. Kirk, thanks. God bless. All right. Have a great have a great day. Thanks. There was a time and you know the time when I was talking about when uh, it was nothing for you to pack a days full of life's little adventures when uh, you could spend time with the people you love and it was accented by the energy and desire to get out and do things. You still may have that desire, but you don't do it anymore. Maybe because of the pain, pain. It comes slowly sometimes, and it steals your daily world a tennis game or a pleasant afternoon walk at the time. It steals all those one by one. Maybe it settled in overnight and has never left you. Either way, you have two choices. You can fight it or you can succumb to it. May I recommend you do a few rounds with pain with Relief Factor. I don't know. You'll know in the first three rounds, the first three weeks, whether you're going to be able to uh, have this help you or not. They, they've put together a three-week trial pack that will, will demonstrate to you that it will make a difference in your life, or at the end of three weeks, it won't. Now, 70% find that the, uh, the uh, program provides real relief, and it is all natural, so it's not going to drug you out or anything like that. It works with your body to fight inflammation, which is where most of our pain comes from. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. Also, I want to tell you about Blinds.com. There's something that you may never have heard of. I'm sure uh, I never have. A cyber summer sale. Going now through August 8th, you're going to get 40% off everything plus doorbuster deals when you go to Blinds.com. Blinds.com knows that summer is the best time for home improvement, and they've got everything you could possibly need. Roman and roller shades, shutters, curtains, pretty much everything except the kitchen sink. You're going to have to go to Home Depot for that. But uh, they even have outdoor shades, and they make your deck or patio cooler. The blackout shades that will keep, keep the uh, electric bill from getting up so high in the summer and the winter, and they'll ship samples directly to you. If you need help with measuring and installation, they've got that covered. It's the best of the best at blinds.com. Shop and save big at blinds.com's summer cyber sale now through August 8th. Get 40% off site-wide plus doorbusters. So this weekend, save 40% only at blinds.com's summer cyber sale. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. 
You know, one of the biggest uh, tricks uh, by both the deep state and the corrupt left is convincing the American people that they don't exist. If we allow that to persist and we allow ourselves to be black pilled, uh, that magic trick could hand them the next election. And they have mobilized unlike anything I've ever seen before. This is much more than the 2020 election in 2024. 2020 is going to look like child's play. But they have exposed themselves and their methods in doing so. But for some reason, nobody will expose it. I told you in 2020 exactly what their game plan was. Unfortunately, nobody in the GOP even listened. You, I exposed this on Wednesday night, top of next hour. I'm going to go through some of it and introduce you to some, some uh, organizations, some NGOs that you've never heard of. And that's really weird because they're very well connected and doing things in a very big way. I'll show it to you on the um, TV show that was on Wednesday. You can find that at YouTube or blazetv.com slash Glenn. You'll find the Wednesday night special, and I'll show you the documents and everything else. But uh, coming up next hour, I'll show you the electoral machine that they have built that goes uh, goes back all the way before the Obama election. But now it is churning like uh, in ways that you can't even imagine. I'll share some of that information next hour on the program, but also don't miss the Wednesday night special. It was a couple of days ago on Blaze TV. You can get it on demand now on blazetv.com slash Glenn or on my YouTube channel. I think the black pill uh, yeah, thing yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about there, Glenn, is really important. I see this a lot on you know online of people so depressed about the state of things that they don't think they can do anything, you know, and, and the election's a good example of it. People say, okay, the 2020 election, a lot of people think, you know, hey, this was stolen. And of course, because it was stolen, Democrats got in power. Uh, and because they are in power, it's going to be worse this time. So what's the point? What's the point of going out and voting? What's the point of doing any of this? If we think this is going to happen again, look, I mean, I, you know, Does you have a responsibility. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, Stu, last night I, I found out some stuff doing some research. I found out some stuff that I'm not prepared to share yet uh, that I, I, I spent a couple of hours going. Why? Why am I getting up in the morning and doing anything? Why am I not just concentrating on my family? You know, uh, because it's too late. It is way too late. And then, you know, after a couple of hours of feeling like a pity party and feeling like, oh, we're never going to win. We have a responsibility to stand up. And if, and if we don't stand up, it will disintegrate right in front of our eyes. It's, it's, it is uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You can't be blackpilled. Yeah. And, you know, we were just talking to Kirk Cameron. You know, if you're a person of faith, too, I mean, I think you look at it as you need to do what your role is, right? You can't control the outcome. It's not yeah. really up to you. So, you know, you go out and you do what you can do and you do your part and you can't control whether the the entire society and civilization <laughs> collapses next week. It's just not really yep. up to you. It's not really your your domain uh which is probably good we we're, we're not human beings are not necessarily good at at, at at predicting all those things and and everyone's vision for how things are supposed to be not always the right vision so you go out and you do what you believe is right and you know you kind of damn the consequences in some regard <laughs> you know it's like you you 
you might be made fun of, you might be mocked, you might be kicked off of where you're supposed to be online. You might you might lose, you know, access to your job or your your livelihood and someone your friend might hate you that used to love you and all those things and like the point of all of this I think is to still do the right thing in that circumstance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. By the way, I'm looking at the Story Hour events. Uh, that is tomorrow, August 5th. Uh, if you go to Brave Books, wow, there's, it is everywhere. Wow. Especially up in crazy places in the East and in Washington State. There's a ton of them in California, a ton. Make sure you check this out. See you at the library tomorrow. If you would like to attend with your family for Family Story Hour, just go to Brave Books dot us bravebooks.us and look for the section see you at the library it is tomorrow and don't forget the glenn follow program follow it up with the ending of your library in the uh, uh, american library association it has gone very very dark uh, and you need to be aware of that and get it out of your library all right. Uh, our sponsor uh, this half hour is Preborn. Good news on the abortion front. Thanks to you. This year, Preborn has rescued over 28,000 babies. This year alone, 28,000 babies have been born that were in doubt of being born. Uh, and they are taking their very first breaths and very first steps because of you. You're having an impact. But we have a lot uh, farther to go. For $28, you can help introduce an at-risk baby to their mom through a free ultrasound. That's the cost of buying a dinner, and that's the cost of buying an ultrasound. $28. If you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? Your tax-deductible donation of five grand will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours. Keyword baby at pound 250. Keyword baby, pound 250. Preborn.com slash back. And blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Friday. Now, I don't want to get involved in the circus. Uh, and it really is a circus. I mean, it is just... Hey, look the other way. And over here in ring number three. So you take your eye off the ball. And this whole, did President Obama drown his chef? Come on, <laughs> stop it right now. But there is something else that is, I don't know. I can't decide if this is circus or not circus. Uh, former President Barack Obama once wrote that he fantasized about having sexual relations with other men, say biographer David Garrow. Um, the former president expressed his fantasies in a letter to a girlfriend at the time. Garrow told Tablet Magazine in the interview that the letter had been redacted and is currently in the possession of Emory University. The ex-girlfriend provided a copy of the letter, but had redacted one paragraph. Garrow told the Tablet, who said she revealed the paragraph was about homosexuality. 
Some, I'm quoting, sometimes right about when The Rising Star came out, Alex indirectly sold the original, sold these letters, and they ended up at Emory, Garrow told the tablet while discussing it in his 2017 book of Obama. Uh, Rising Star, which touched on Obama's reportedly dreaming about homosexuality. So Emory put out a press release saying we've gotten these rare letters by Barack Obama with no mention of this paragraph that it was too sensitive. None of the papers mentioned it. Emory didn't mention it. So he says he uh, wrote to a colleague, said, go to the Emory archives. He spent his whole life at Emory, but they won't let him take pictures, Garrow said later in the interview. So Harvey has to sit there with a pencil and copy out the graph where uh, where Barack writes to Alex about his repeated fantasies about making love to men. Now, (laughs) this is kind of important. Um, because when he got into office, he was uh, against gay marriage and everything else and, and tried to say that, you know, he was, you know, uh, family values kind of guy. He later revealed that he wasn't a family values kind of guy, but this has been out for a while now. Yeah, this is... And why is it n- none of us know about this? Yeah, it's a really weird story, honestly, uh, but it, so it does not... To, to it does not appear to be some massive conspiracy theory or anything like that um and and i also don't think the part about him fantasizing about having sex with men is nearly the most important part that's coming out of this it's a very long article it's in tablet magazine it's very much worth your time though um and it comes from so this this guy david garrow now garrow is um uh, is a well-known author. He wrote the FBI and Martin Luther King Jr., which is a very highly respected book. Um, he mm, won the yeah. Pulitzer Prize for a biography with uh, uh, bearing the cross. Um, he, he had he was one of the three historian consultants who, uh, who animated the monumental PBS documentary Eyes on the Prize, as well as the author of a landmark history of abortion rights, liberty, and sexuality. So he's not like some. Hardcore conservative activists trying to prove some conspiracy theory. That's not his profile right. at all. And this book came out. I think we've had him on the show before, haven't we? We should have him on again about this because I didn't even know this book was even out. Right. And that's what the strangest it? part about, about this. It's making the, the rounds to this week because of this article and interview in Tablet. Um, however, the book came out in 2017. Now, if you think back to when this period is like Trump has just come into office you know, the, the left is going insane. They're protesting in the streets. There's all this stuff going on. And the Obama era had just ended. And we were all kind of happy on the right to be rid of it. When I don't think any of us had any interest in reading an Obama uh, early years biography in 2017. That's when this book came out. And it came out really to very little fanfare. I mean, it didn't really capture anyone's attention at the time. However, what Garrow did was essentially a lot of the work that we had requested to be done by journalists this entire time all these stories barack obama told about his early years can someone go find the people he was talking about and ask them these questions and he did this in fact i think he said he talked to a thousand people um, about uh, barack obama's history for this book which came out in 2017 one of the fascinating stories here is about sort of the origin uh, story of Barack Obama. In his book, Dreams from My Father, he talked about 
his change to accepting himself as a black man, right? His accepting the black consciousness that he was born to which, illustrate. Right. Which, mm-hmm. which was the change came because he broke up with a racist girlfriend, right? Kind was of. It, yeah. Wasn't that the story? Yeah. yeah. He, he okay. this is from the tablet article in, in dreams for my father. Obama describes a passionate disagreement following a play by African-American playwright August Wilson, in which the young protagonist defends his incipient embrace of the black racial consciousness against his girlfriend's white-identified liberal universalism. As readers, we know that the stakes of this decision would be more than simply personal. The black American man that Obama wills into being in this scene would go on to marry a black woman from the south side of Chicago named Michelle Robinson, and after a meteoric rise, win the presidency, of course, as the first black president of the United States. Yet what Garrow documented after tracking down and interviewing this girlfriend, right? So s- someone found the girlfriend. And, and what's fascinating about this is he's no longer president of the United States when this book comes out. And Garrow seems to be the first person who's ever even attempted to actually find the other person wow. in the story. Which is... Uh, after about 10 years of that being in print. Yeah. Well, I mean, and longer than that from the actual book, right? Like this is, this goes back. Oh, the book itself was even earlier than that. So, oh, what's it really? Yeah, throughout the entire rise of Barack Obama to being a senator, to being president, and then his entire mm. eight years in office, nobody bothered to actually find out if any of this was true, which is incredible. So he found the woman who is, by the way, not in witness protection. I mean, she's a professor. Like, she was findable this whole time. Um, and Again, she's a liberal. I don't think that she was going to talk to necessarily conservatives who tried to find her. But Garrow did find her. And she said the fight did occur. However, the fight was over a very different subject. In her telling, the quarrel that ended the the couple's relationship was not about Obama's self-identification as a black man. And the impetus was not a play about the American black experience, but an exhibit at Chicago Spurtis Institute about the 1961 trial of Adolf Eichmann. At the time, what? Yeah, um, Chicago politics were being roiled by a black mayoral aide named Steve Coakley, who, in a series of lectures organized by Louis Farrakhan, um, mm. he, they accused Jewish doctors in Chicago of infecting black babies with AIDS as part of a genocidal plot against African Americans. The episode highlighted a deep rift within the city's uh, power uh, circle. Uh, with some prominent black officials supporting Coakley and others calling for his firing. In the girlfriend's recollection, which set off the quarrel and uh, uh, precipitated the end of the couple's relationship, was Obama's stubborn stubborn refusal after seeing the exhibit and the swirl of the Coakley affair to condemn black racism. I, I... I mean, this ties perfectly into, uh, you know, the Jeremiah Wright stuff, right? Like, this is... Correct. Crucial. This Jeremiah Wright, remember, was saying exactly what Coakley was saying that AIDS was invented Correct. to kill and black Farrakhan. people. And what Farrakhan. Yes, was and what Farrakhan and Farrakhan. Um, she insists that what upset her that day was Obama's inability to condemn those comments. It was not Obama's blackness that bothered her, but that he would not condemn anti Semitism. Uh, Obama's, uh, of course, they go into this and he goes to, to ask the question well, whose story is correct here? We don't know, of course. Um, but in, in evaluating the truthfulness of these two competing accounts, it seems worth noting that the girlfriend is something more than a woman scorned by a man who would later become president. Obama asked her, Obama asked her to marry him twice. 
She refused him both times yeah. before going to, on to achieve her own high-level professional success. A student uh, goes into her, her, her history. She also, um, scholarship aside, there's another reason to assume that she would be less likely to misremember an incident involving race and anti-Semitism than Obama. As it turns out, her paternal grandparents were members of the Dutch resistance whose role sheltering a Jewish Holy child cow. in their home for three years led to their recognition as righteous among the nations. Uh, we've talked about that wow. distinction many times. It's incredibly important. Yes. In that context, at wow. least, it seems quite likely that she would remember the particulars of a fight with Obama related to anti-Semitism and be turned off by his response, while Obama's version to the fight has the feel of an anecdote positioned, if not invented, to buttress the character arc of the protagonist of his memoir, which positioned him for a career in public life. And I think that that plays true. It rings true to me, right? If you have that family history, you're not going to forget the core of this fight, especially no. when that person winds up no. rising to become president of the United States later on. Yeah, it's it's something that you could uh, see, you know, in, in you or in me where we could be like, no, I think that was about and you can conflate different things. But if your breakup is precipitated by something and it is so personal to you, it is you know, your grandparents were righteous among the nations holy cow it's big you would remember that yeah you'd remember that clearly. not that your grandparents were jewish or involved in you know anything but they were part of the jewish or the uh, uh the resistance the dutch resistance to free the jews from the nazis and they they risk their lives enough to be righteous among the nations that is a specific designation given to a very few amount of people who did unbelievable things to save Jews. Yeah, and if that's your background, that's... you could see how it might be a tad annoying that your boyfriend is hooking is following the teachings of Louis Farrakhan, right? Like this would not be yes. the, the yes. formula for a long-lasting relationship, which is, to her but word, why it ended. Imagine how different things would have been had she married him mm. i mean just the relationship between uh israel and the united states if she would have married him i mean because we both know the effect a really good woman has on somebody and i'm not saying she's not liberal she's not i'm sure she yeah she is i'm so. sure she would never speak to me um but uh i would love to talk to her and not about obama about her grandparents i mean yeah. that's incredible incredible and if if she would have married him, how different things could have been. Yeah. And I tell you, kids, get married, <laughs> have children, have lots of children. They are, in the end, the only thing that matters. Your whole life will be fulfilled with your family. Um, but uh, marry the right person really important yeah <laughs> marry for values not hotness i know it's tough yeah but she's so hot yeah what are her values mm. marry for values and and, and i i mean it, it can be done Stu and i both did it find the hot women that have that have the good values. values yeah and then yeah, get completely I mean, lucky you know, that they'll talk to you 
Uh, that's uh, that's yeah. that's in my path. <laughs> well, actually, I think what you have to do is become well. No, not in my case, but I think in your case, you had to be somewhat successful. In oh, my I, case, I was. I was literally loser, an intern so I, when I met my wife. I was I, I was a producer, uh, the wow. very lowest level producer uh, when I met her. She came along before. Yeah, any but level you were of young. Success. She was young. Yeah, we were dumb. Yeah, we were young I was, and dumb, and that that, yeah. that, that, that worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Glenn, can All I right, highlight anyway, uh, this point one more time too that we we made a, quick, a couple yeah. minutes ago? Um, perhaps the most revealing thing about her account with the fight with Obama is that not one reporter in America bothered to interview her before Garrow found her near the end of Obama's presidency. As Obama's live-in girlfriend and closest friend during during the 1980s, she is probably the single most informed and credible source about the inner life of a young man whose election was accompanied by hopes of sweeping post-peaceful change in America, blah, 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 blah. Like, no one bothered to find her until Obama was almost done with his presidency. Remarkable commentary on the world of journalism. Let's see if we can get him on. I mean, we might as well try if we can get her too, but uh, I doubt she would come on. Anyway, uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm a small business owner. One of the things I love best about owning a business is when you when you look at capitalism the right way, you you think, how can I help my audience, my customer? How can I help you? One of the things that uh, I've struggled with, and I bet you have too, is finding a great real estate agent that really cares about you and your family and really listens and somebody that you can trust through this huge ordeal. That's why I started realestateagentsitrust.com. It wasn't about making money. It wasn't about doing anything. It was about helping people just like me, just like you find the right real estate agent. Our real estate agents are the best of the best. They're the top sellers in the field. They're going to steer you in the right direction. They don't work for me. All I do is recommend these people. And, you know, you're not buying your way onto the list. We find you and we vet you like nobody's business. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We've been talking about a, a book that came out a few years ago by David Garrow uh, that everybody seemed to miss, Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama. Yeah, and another part of this that's fascinating is the idea that after Barack Obama leaves office, um, he, unlike every other president, leave, stays in Washington, in D.C., and now the, their excuse for this was basically, I think it was Sasha needed to finish high school, right? Like, yeah. so they didn't want to pull right, out of high school. Right. But what they talk about is that they basically formed a version of a shadow government inside of Washington, meaning they had all the power players coming to them. They didn't go to Martha's Vineyard that. the whole time and, and live out there. They stayed in Washington and continued to highly influence policy and, uh, you know, uh, you know, all these things. Um, directly from inside Washington and no reporters there were no reporters staking out the Obama mansion to see who was coming and going like you'd you'd expect they just let this all go uh, uncovered and he was influencing obviously Mm. not just what was going on during the Trump administration but then of course heavily influencing who was inserted into the Biden administration which you know many people commented is the third Obama term 
Right. And he, the author is not a conservative. Right. Nope. That's why you've never heard of this book. It came out in 2017. Uh, it's called Rising Star. The Glenn Beck Program.